Are you a professional woman who wants to create passive income streams and financial freedom through real estate investing? Join us here on Real Estate Investor Goddesses, hosted by Monique Holm. Listen to women who are rocking it in real estate investments as they share their stories of success, failures, and best advice in real estate investing. Start creating real wealth through real estate. Tune in today. Here's your host, real estate investor, syndicator, and developer, Monique Holm. Welcome to the Real Estate Investor Goddesses podcast. I'm your host, Monique Holm. On this show, we interview incredible, badass real estate investing women who share about their stories and their best advice and their biggest mistakes and just come and play with us. So I'm super excited today to have with us Dr. Vanessa Peters. She's the founder of VMD Investing, and she's been investing in real estate for 12 years in single family homes, commercial retail, apartments, short-term rentals, self-storage, manufactured home parks. like, She's been in a lot of different things, invested in over 2,500 units across 11 properties and four funds. She is a doctor. Like I said, she earned her medical degree at the University of Calgary in Canada. She moved to the U.S. in 2002, and she's a family physician and chief physician officer for Graybill Medical Group in San Diego. She's written a book that she's going to tell us more about, and I'm super excited to have her here. Welcome, Vanessa. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. Excited to have you. So we'd love to start the beginning. Tell me, how did you get started investing in real estate? Well, I started investing in real estate back in 2008. Right around then, I actually um, unfortunately had a divorce, but that occurred in 2007. And I took the house and he took the 401k. Seemed like a fair deal in early 2007. And this was a home here in in, uh, San Diego. So after a few months, I started checking the home values. I had heard that things had been changing, but I was kind of busy doing other stuff and saw that my house had literally plummeted into half of its value. And I was way underwater because I had, well, I consider myself fairly smart overall. I had used my house like an ATM. I had over leveraged. And so when my house was worth, oh gosh, 40% of what it was at the peak, I moved out because I was, you know, I had a a new partner and uh, I moved in with him a year or so later. So I couldn't sell the house. And so I got a renter in there and that was my sort of first foray into, I guess you'd say accidental landlording 2008. Unfortunately, the rental market at that time wasn't good enough to cover the expenses I had for the house. But I thought, well, you know, we'll see how it goes. It's $1,000 a month I need to pay to this house, sometimes $1,500, depending. And that's not taking into account all of the CapEx and vacancy, all the things you're supposed to take into account. This is like just straight, this is my mortgage, this is the rent, this is the taxes. And it's like $1,200. Here's my shortfall. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And it was worse if something needed to be fixed or da-da-da. So that was not very pleasant. And I obviously hindsight is 2020 and I, you know, could have sold it for a short sale right off the bat. And that probably would have been the cleanest thing, but who knows? I didn't know what was going on. I was clueless. I was in a new relationship. I was much more interested in that than this house. Yeah. Right? But then, you know, later that year I had some extra cash and a realtor friend said, Hey, you know, things up in Riverside County and Inland Empire are really on sale right now. And you might want to invest in real estate up there. I'd never done this before, but I kind of took his word for it. And I bought a short sale, single family home up there for a pretty good price. And that was pretty early though in the downturn. And so I purchased it, got some renters in there. After a little bit of bumpiness, we got some good renters. And then it continued to go down. It kind of depressed me a little bit. And I thought, well, that was a kind of a dumb thing to do. I don't know if I should do that again. And so I didn't. And not being very savvy in real estate, I just kind of sat on it. 
and got pregnant and had a baby, got busy at work, really kind of forgot about it, knowing that I did it and I'm just going to sit with it. Then later, you know, 2010, 2012, I started kind of looking at it again. Oh, it's gone up. And then a couple of years later, it's gone up a lot. Holy cow. <laughs> I want to buy some more houses. And so, you know, around like 2017, I thought, let's get back into this. This is a great idea. And then I had this like moment of like, oh my God, I want to own real estate. And it was too late. It was too late here. I searched far and wide for real estate in 2017 and 18 in San Diego, Riverside, kind of like local. Way more expensive, yeah. I could drive to. <laughs> and even in my local neighborhood here in North San Diego County, which is cheaper than the city. But yeah, nothing worked. But I really, I, I got the bug at that point. And so I was way into bigger pockets and reading as many books as I could find on real estate and rich dad, poor dad, super inspired. And I just, you know, wanted to make it work no matter what. I would hit roadblock after roadblock and I'm like, okay, that's not going to work. What else can we do? Go to some meetups locally, you know, see what kind of groups I can join in our area. Everybody in California is talking about, well, you can't invest here so we can do out of state investing. I thought, okay, well, what's that? As I learned about it, I wasn't real comfortable with owning an actual house in another state where I don't know anybody because I didn't want that risk. I'm pretty conservative. So I, I thought, no, I don't want to own a place that might have like something major happen to it. And I'm responsible for all that cost. And if it's empty, it's 100% empty. And I just yeah. didn't feel of a turnkey. I would have to do turnkey. Obviously, I can't do any rehab from across the country. And I'm working full time as a doctor. Then I started hearing about syndications a little bit online. And I was like, what is that? Sounds fishy. <laughs> and so <laughs> I, I looked into it a little bit more. and. Still wasn't sure about it. Contacted somebody who had replied a bunch on Bigger Pockets, thinking, well, he sounds knowledgeable and what's all this about? So he chatted with me. We got to know each other. He shared a deal with me and the, the returns were like really good. And I was sort of surprised and thought, can I make that in real estate as a limited investor, as a limited partner? And he said, yeah. And I was like, holy cow, a light bulb went off. And I was like, this is my path to real estate. You know, the angels were singing, <laughs> but still I was reticent because it's a lot of money and eh, these people are in Texas and I don't know anything about them. So my first deal that I did I, in 2018, I flew out to Texas, met them, property manager, met the operator, did criminal background checks on everybody. Then I wired my money. <laughs> so that's the kind of short version of how I got into real estate. I love it. Okay. And really funny because you know just those of us who are in expensive markets often we're happy to break even <laughs> or to like have like a little bit you know it can be very tough to cash flow and you know make things make sense here and even when you're doing all the work and so when you know and I, I syndicate I have passive investors they're very surprised that like as a passive they can get very good returns and they think oh if I'm doing all the work it's going to be a better rate of you know return on investment but not necessarily it right. depends on where you're investing and, and what it depends kind of return on what doing. depends on where your time is best spent so yeah you know, as a doctor my rate's pretty high so if i do something like fix up a house you know that's not really the best use of my time and i don't know how to do it either so yeah so since that 2018 investment in a syndication. What have you done? Sounds like you've invested in tons of things. Yeah. I mean, I went all in. I took as much money out of my 401k as I could, the rollover money, and opened a self-directed 401k and got into mm -hmm. like three to four deals that way and mm -hmm. had some cash in the bank and I spent that. I got a HELOC mm -hmm. on my home and on my investment property. So I leveraged as much as I could basically. And I just went all yeah. in. 
every deal that came along, of course, I had like three operators that I knew and they were in different niches. So that's where the mobile home parks, where the self-storage and the apartments come in because I didn't want to just be in apartments in Texas. You know, I wanted right. to branch out a little bit and have a little bit more exposure in each niche has its own you know, pros and cons. So I felt safe, you know, like I said, I'm pretty conservative, but I felt excited about getting my passive income up. And mm-hmm. I kind of had a realization a few years ago when I was vacationing with my family that, you know, I need to do more of that. And, you know, we, we just were trained to work so hard. And especially as a primary care physician, you're just, your patients need you all the time and you feel yeah. bad to take off a week to go and do something with your family not only do you feel kind of bad because your patients don't have you, but you don't make any money. You know, we're not salaried. We only make money when we see patients. And that's the same for so many busy professionals. And so yeah. when I started doing a lot of reading about, you know, fire and doing that kind of thing, I don't want to be gimping on money and, you know, having to like live on hardly anything. That's not my thing. Yeah. I want yeah. to have a comfortable lifestyle. But I thought, hey, if I can get my passive income up where it can like almost replace my income, well, then I'm free. And then I don't have to live yeah. like a pauper for the rest of my 40 years. <laughs> yeah. I love that philosophy. You know, you want to get financial independence and retire early, but you don't have to just like cut out, like live off the grid and like be super extreme. You <laughs> Make know, your own toothpaste just, and stuff. <laughs> I know. And just like forever going to Starbucks. And I like, for me, that's what I like about real estate. Like I still want Starbucks. I still want to like, have new clothes from time to time and go for uh, sushi, go, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, go for like, go out to dinner with friends and not feel like I'm like, I want to still live the lifestyle to which I'd become accustomed exactly. and be able to create financial freedom. So that's what I like about real estate. You wrote a book. Tell us about the book that you wrote. Right. So my book, I always forget the title. Yeah, I'm going to grab one. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the Busy Professional's Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing. Yeah, a physician's path to building wealth, creating financial freedom, and leaving a legacy. There it is. So it's available on Amazon. And so I wrote it because I just felt like this was something that most busy professionals, and in my case, doctors, don't really understand, don't know about. We just get this training from our financial advisors, and we trust them, and they tell us what to do, and we do it. And so when I started kind of like learning outside the box, I thought, oh my God, this is amazing. More people need to know about this. And when you kind of approach some people, they're a little suspicious and doctors by nature are a kind of a skeptical bunch. But I was having a lot of conversations with people and I thought, you know, I just need to write this all down because I'm having a lot of conversations, spending hours on the phone. And, you know, and then I I started a business where I can teach people about this and bring them into investments with operators that I trust. So that's kind of why I wrote the book. It's certainly, you know, not going to be a, like a money-making bestseller. It's more just to help educate folks that I already yeah. know, like here, here's my book, you know, that kind of thing. And it was fun too, to kind of get my story out, you know, like about how I got into investing and just writing it all down was kind of cool. Well, that's great. Well, congrats on that. Let me ask you a question that I asked all my guests. because I think this is where we get the most gold. What was your biggest mistake and what did you learn from it? Well, biggest mistake is is tough. The primary residence turned to rental house. Yeah. I did hang on to it until 2012. So 2008, I moved out. And then four years later, it still wasn't anywhere near recovery. And it still wasn't making even close to, you know, I was still feeding it. And so at that point, I did a short sale. And that was 
not a mistake. It was the right thing to do, but the mistake was I waited too long to do it. Mm -hmm. If I had been more knowledgeable, I would have cut it out because it affected my credit. It affected my ability to refinance and get other mortgages and things like that for like seven years. It was like a long time. Also because my realtor told me to stop paying my mortgage. He kind Mm -hmm. of bumbled it and he wanted this like a flip TV show to buy it. What they offered the bank was so low that they wouldn't accept it but it delayed it. And then there, it took a while before another you know, buyer came through in the bank going back and forth. So it was like six months of no payments. And that just looks terrible on your credit. So yeah. it's taken me a long time to get back up to 850 where I'm at right now. So <laughs> happy about that. Awesome. So that was, that was one mistake. But another one is that I, my financial advisors are great. I really like them. They've helped me a ton with taxes. They told me at one point in 2012, 2011-12 that I was eligible for this type of investment, uh, investing in industrial real estate, like commercial real estate. And yeah. what they meant by eligible is that I was accredited, I guess, at that point. Mm-hmm. And so I said, sure, okay, I've got this money, let's put it in here. And so it turns out it's an all cash, triple net industrial syndication. And so it's the basically the, the staples and Petco's and stuff like that, the land under them, it's not leveraged. And so the rates, I didn't know any better, but they started at 5.25% annually. Super low. It's a fund. It's a 10-year fund. And I put three different chunks of money in that over like a couple of years before I knew any better. And then the rates have gone down. So now I'm getting like Uh 4.25. And then of course, with COVID, they're at like 3% right now. I'm like, oh my God, just give me my money back. And they can't. And it's locked up for 10 years? Yeah, it's still locked up. Yeah. One of them is going to start selling off in 2022. And I, you know, so I have a couple hundred in there and I'm like, oh my gosh. So, I mean, it's not the biggest mistake in the world, but it just, if I had been a little more educated back then, I wouldn't have done that with that money. I, especially in 2012, you know, what I could yeah. have done with that money could have been, I could have like right. done so much with it. Hindsight 2020. I'm sure there are people going, wait, 5% is actually pretty good. I mean, my money's in a bank account at 0.25%, right? Exactly. <laughs> and people often are taught like, that's what they should do. They should stick it in a savings account. So, or a CD making like two percent. Flatter those CDs. <laughs> so, yeah, so in the grand scheme of things, you're probably making like five hundred percent more than most people. So, what are you most proud of? I am most proud of uh, well, writing the book actually is. I got inspired because I was part of a mastermind that everybody was writing a book. And so I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know you could just like write a book and put it on Amazon self-published. So I told myself, I'm going to give myself like six months. And I wrote most of it on a plane trip to Italy in the summertime and just like cranked it out and then got an editor and did all that. And I had it ready to go on a table at an event, like a personal development event in December. And so I started in like late June, finished in December. So I'm super proud that I was able to buckle down and do that while working and everything. I don't even know how I did it. So. (laughs) So well done. So many people have books in them and they never write them. Yeah. Good for you for doing that. So what do you attribute your success? I think what my friends have told me is that that I'm really intentional. I really kind of latch onto something and I don't give up. My husband knows that when I come home from the library with like 10 books on the same subject, oh, she's got a new passion. And so (laughs) it, and it will often kind of burn out, you know, I'll get to the bottom of it and then I'll be done. Like I did a keto diet thing. I did like a fermenting thing. And and then, you know, but then real estate came along and he saw the book and he's like, oh yeah, this will be over in a few months, but it it isn't. (laughs) So I found that when I want something, 
I'm going to find a way. I'm super intentional about getting shit done. Mm, that's so good. And what advice do you have for a woman who's just starting out in this field? There's so many people out there that can help you now. You don't have to go it alone. You don't have to, like when I started, I didn't know about all these groups. And so I was at the library looking at 10-year-old books, you know, yeah. and that's really not the best way to do it. It was more when I discovered bigger pockets and meetups. And then even then I didn't know about the women's networks that there are out there. And I think that's fantastic because, you know, it's a pretty male dominated industry and yes. it needs to change because we are super smart and we do things differently and a lot of times better. Mm -hmm. I've found that when I go to meetups, I'm kind of one of the only you know, women there. And I've been in, in situations where I haven't been treated so well. People kind of look down like, well, what do you know? And, you know, that needs to change. I'd like to see more women operators out there, or at least banding together and forming like an operator team where, you know, like a network of women syndicators, you know, I would love to be part of something like, so reach out, get on some Facebook groups like the REI goddesses and women's real estate network. There's so many there now. Yeah. Awesome. Agree, obviously. <laughs> with that. And last question before we get into the Trinity, but what do you wish you'd known at the beginning that you now know? I wish that I had known about real estate cycles and what they meant a little bit more about being uh, greedy when others are fearful, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Because if I was ready in 2007 and eight, I had enough capital per year that I could have really built up a good portfolio if I had had maybe a mentor and maybe a little bit more knowledge. And instead of just kind of like hiding, just like everybody else and just wishing that it would all go away and wishing yeah. it would come back and not really realizing that the opportunity was then. That's what I wish I had known back then. Are you excited about what's happening now? Potentially, yes. I think we need to be patient, you know, because real estate lags and people are going to be propped up for quite a while. And, you know, if it hits the fan, it's going to be at least a year, 18 months away. So yes, absolutely. This time I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is now the time to get ready. Where can people find out more about you? I can be reached through my website at vmdinvesting.com. My email is vanessa at vmdinvesting.com. And you can also catch me on Facebook, Facebook Messenger, and LinkedIn. All right. Okay. So now it's time for our famed end of show Trinity, which is a brag, a gratitude, and a desire. What's one thing you're celebrating right now? What's your brag? Well, it's not real estate related, but it is work related. We are in the middle of the pandemic right now. And, and I feel like my medical group of 12 locations, 80 providers, I have been leading them through this crisis. For the past several months, we've cut hours, we've cut staff, we've contracted, and now we're expanding again. And I just feel like I'm proud of the leadership that I've given our group. Mm -hmm. You know, financially, it's hard for sure, but I feel like we're rebounding now. We're opening up to patients and it's been really all consuming for the past couple months. It's a good thing there haven't been too many real estate deals to look at because my life has been all about work and the pandemic. So yeah. I'm proud that we have not had an epidemic right here where we live. So I'm, I'm happy about that. Well bragged. And what's one thing you're grateful for? I'm grateful for this community that has taught me the alternate ways that we can live, creating passive income and having more time, having time freedom. I'm so grateful to all the people that I have just met in the past like two or three years in, in these various amazing communities. Awesome. And last but certainly not least, what's one thing you desire? I focusing, I, there's lots of things I desire, but real estate wise, I have desire to own a self-storage facility myself and just kind of mm -hmm. own it outright and just 
get the cash flow from it. Just kind of a buy and hold thing. Right now, all yeah. the investments are sort of like flips and you sell them off to the REIT or you, you know, yeah. whatever. But I just have this like comfort in thinking like if I had a couple of self-storage facilities, they were managed by someone else, I could like go to Europe or, you know, Mexico and just be like completely free. So mm -hmm. a dream someday. All right. Well, so shall your desire be or so much better than you can imagine. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. This was awesome. So appreciated having you. If you guys want to connect with Vanessa, you can, Dr. Peters at uh, vmdinvesting.com. You can find her on, I guess, all the socials. <laughs> and connect with me at reigoddesses.com. There you can find out about you can get on the investor club to find out about our passive investing opportunities that we offer and just join our amazing community of women real estate investors from all over the world. We'll see you and subscribe, comment, like, share all the things and join us next time for another real estate investor goddess podcast interview. Bye-bye. You have just listened to another episode of real estate investor goddesses a show dedicated to sharing stories of women creating real wealth through real estate. If you found value on what you just heard, feel free to share with your friends. Visit us at reigoddesses.com to learn more about our programs and live events, as well as to access other resources. Until next time.